What's up, everybody? First podcast 2020. We're going to talk about some New Year's Eve plans. Yeah, I'm just really excited to roll into 2020 as we, you know, talked about last week with Bill. Just, I'm super pumped. I got all this pent up energy and things that I want to do. I'm sure a lot of listeners feel the same way. You get into New Year's Eve, you go celebrate, and then the next day you wake up, get over your hangover, and by January 2nd, you're ready to take action on the new year, and it's pretty refreshing. So, just super pumped about that. Uh, We got a very special guest here today. I'll throw it over to Yura. I'm excited about, we are actually recording this on New Year's Eve, so I got some New Year's Eve plans to go and party. We're going to do a 1920s dress-up party or whatever, so that sounds like a lot of fun. Yura, you want to give us a weather update and what your plans are? Absolutely. Everyone's favorite segment, guys, (laughs) weather update of Green Bay. I don't have many complaints today just because it's a New Year's and I love seeing snow on New Year's. It didn't get too much, so about one, two inches, which is just perfect and I got the ultimate New Year's gift when I woke up this morning my neighbor snowblowed our driveway so I was super happy unfortunately I'm working tonight and Liv is working tomorrow so we cheated a little bit we actually celebrated New Year's Eve last night on January 30th which which just was fine we you mean December 30th oh December 30th yeah <laughs> which just was fine and for those who don't know, guys, I'm from Belarus and we actually celebrate New Year's the way you guys celebrate Christmas. It's one of the biggest holidays of the year. Here in the United States, you get all of your gifts on Christmas and back in my country, you actually get all of your gifts on New Year. So this is first time in the many, many, many years when me and Livy not celebrating New Year's. We couldn't find the babysitter. Livy has to work next day. So we cheated and celebrated it a day earlier. Well, maybe next year you guys figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, we will. We tried everything. I was really bummed at the beginning, almost about to cry, but we actually took a decent action towards well, getting rid of kids and having fun. We tried. We tried hard and it didn't work out. Good. Well, all right. With that being said, holidays are fun. Christmas is fun. Thanksgiving is fun too. However, for a lot of people, it brings in stress, anxiety, and depression. So, so for some of us, holidays are super fun and for other people, they get in overwhelmed and that's where it becomes not being fun. This is why we have my wife today on the show. She is a team lead crisis counselor for family services here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Welcome on the show, Libby. Hello. Welcome, Libby. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you bet. So one thing about that a lot of people don't know about Libby is she's super energetic. You can tell she's a little bit nervous coming on, but she's going to do awesome. Once we get her rolling, she's going to kill it. No, I just, you know, it's hard for me not to poke a little fun at Yura. Well, that's the, that's half the reason you're here anyway. <laughs> yeah, that was the reason I wanted you <laughs> I mean, the crisis stuff is important, but poking fun at Yuri is going to be way more fun. And it could come later. You know, we'll get the serious part out of the way and then we will get too silly. I'm just kidding. I love you. Of our podcast. <laughs> Livy, I know you for many, many years. And when we first started dating, you told me that you went to UW Medicine for your under grad to be in what? <laughs> Fashion design. But then I realized that I was terrible at designing anything original. So I switched to a bunch of different stuff. 
stuff and settled on um, human development and family studies because I wanted to be a sewing teacher, but there was no jobs and then everything just kind of aligned to be human development and family studies. So then after that, I didn't really know what to do, but I did know I wanted summers off and that I wanted to work with kids in a high school. So then I went to UWM for graduate school for school counseling. Cool. So then, all right, so after that, graduated college, got your master's degree. What was what was the job market like for you? Oh, it wasn't great. I had a few interviews for school counseling, but I had zero experience except for my internships, which were pretty lame. I had some pretty crappy jobs. The worst job I've ever had was the U.S. Census Bureau. I worked there for six months in an administrative position. So were you like just counting people? No, I wasn't. I was in HR, so I hired the people to count, and then I did payroll. And it was. <laughs> What's the qualifications for people counters? Not much. You had to be like available and reliable, and you had to walk from door to door. So it was. I think you took like a test, and if you passed it, then you were on the on the list, and we'd call. And that was a terrible job. And I felt like I was wasting my time with my degree and my education because I I had a lot of passion for it. I ended up being a volunteer for the sexual assault center, which is also through Family Services. So that would be like if someone was sexually assaulted, you'd go out to the hospital and you would assist them with every part of the process. Um, and then through that, I ended up getting a job through the crisis center, through someone I knew through the uh, sexual assault center. So I've been there now for nine years. Holy cow. So basically volunteering for a sexual assault, working for family services, will open the door for you to get the job in your field. Somewhat. Yes. Like you guys say, it's all in who you know, not in what you can do. That's unfortunately, because sometimes a lot of people trying, but a lot of the times at the end of the day, it's it's who you know. Yeah. But was it your dream job? No, it was not. I wanted to quit a lot, especially in my first couple years. I worked overnights, so I worked like 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. and it was terrible and I wasn't I didn't have my footing I didn't have a lot of confidence in what I was doing but I stuck with it I had other job offers throughout the years but I really like the job now I'm good at it it's a very odd niche that I'm in and I don't think everyone can do the job but it tends to highlight all the things I'm good at I get to use all my skills like multitasking patience empathy I love hearing drama mm-hmm. as you know with mm-hmm. my reality shows that I watch so and I'm pretty good at the job I'm not tooting my own horn but I've recognized that this is what I'm supposed to be in. Yeah, I mean, you are certainly confident in what you're doing. I think you had brought up two things that we talked about last week with Bill that's really interesting is one is you stuck to it. Like you didn't allow yourself to quit and now you're good at it. Like, holy shit, we have to practice at things to be good at them. Yeah. Like that's like, that has to happen. I think it's the long game a lot of times. I mean, if you hate it, then you shouldn't do it. That's the whole other passion part that we we're talking about. But you actually saw potential in yourself and the job. You just didn't, you weren't comfortable with it, I think. And that's probably probably the other thing. And then the other thing right before that with the, you know, sexual assault center, you had mentioned it's not about what you know, it's who you know, but by working there and having that experience, you also work to learn instead of work for money. And we talked a lot about that last week. And some things that people should do in 2020 is, you know, not necessarily work for the money because we all go get an hourly job, right? But it's learning a skill, learning something new and utilizing that to catapult yourself into the next thing. And that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, those are things that you did right there, which is awesome. And it's probably gave you a good taste of your future job. I could only imagine working with sexual assault victims is not fun by any means. Not by fun. It's a pretty stressful job. This this is something something I could never done in my life. Yeah, it was sad. The two clients that I remember, they were both four year olds. So it was pretty rough. So yeah. But yeah, a lot of bad people out there. So thank you for sticking up to, to your job living staying in the field. We we need people like you. Well absolutely. I mean we need more people. I think that's one of our biggest areas of weakness in the whole world is mental health, you know, and, and just doing that. And it could be anywhere from what we talked 
talked about with Brad a couple of weeks ago where we just need to talk to somebody or, you know, have some sort of counseling session to, you know, get over it real quickly. And then there's other scenarios where it's deeper rooted and there's, then there's real need for not only just like on the spot crisis counseling, but long-term counseling and advocating. We just don't have enough people to, to work through that. So let's move on to crisis center. Crisis Center is located here in Green Bay. You're employed by Family Services Organization, correct? Correct. So would you tell us like a brief description for our listeners don't know what is Crisis Center, what services you provide? Yeah, we do 24-hour crisis counseling. We are a walk-in service or you can call. We're for Brown County residents, but then we also do phone services for 16 counties around the state. So most of what we see are people who are suicidal or homicidal or so extremely mentally ill that they can't care for their most basic needs. But then we're also a available for walk-in counseling like you know if you're having a hard time with a significant other AODA issues you're having an anxiety attack and that's a great service you guys provide I brought it back to my country a few years ago when the services like this really non-existent one of the first times when my wife and me went to Belarus and met all of our friends they asked her what Livia was doing and she explained she was doing and my friend like literally left on her face and said ah yeah we don't we don't have this in Belarus it's everyone's normal actually their response was why why do you do that and I said well people need help and they said nobody has those problems here you Americans are over medicated and you remember when I brought numbers a couple weeks ago the actual not cheated numbers the numbers from different organizations not tweaked by my country that Belarus was number two place in Europe on their suicide rate so yeah they don't have any of the issues right yeah no none at all right and that's what it is all about even talking to Brad about his issues sometimes you need to come out out of your shell and talk to people you need to unload your chest because a lot of the times you have issues could start from small and eventually it's gonna pile up and it's gonna boil out of your chest and that's could lead to the point when it's too late so having a resource like crisis center where it's basically funded by state when for a lot of people it doesn't cost a single thing and it they... doesn't cost a single thing for anyone for anyone okay mm-hmm. and our most successful clients are the ones who want to come in and get help but we also meet with a lot of clients who don't want to be there and they are brought in by police so that's if they are threatening suicide and then a loved one calls police because they're concerned then they come into us and we can determine if they need to go to a psychiatric hospital. So a lot of what I do is put people on psych holds like Kanye West and Britney Spears when they got hospitalized. I am the person that does stuff like that. <laughs> Good examples. Yeah. Yes. I wish you hospitalized Kanye West, but you wouldn't be able to tell about it. You guys have pretty strict. Yeah, super strict confidentiality. We're bound by HIPAA much more than a lot of other agencies. For sure. So, all right. So let's talk about, you see it when it's really bad, like, at the point where most people are at their breaking point. That's why they call it a crisis. But like early on, like what are some identifiers where you can start seeing people that are maybe a loved one where you just, you don't maybe notice it or maybe there's like little, little issues out there. What are some things and identifiers to look for in somebody before we can get to that point? How do we squash? Are you talking about for suicide or just for mental health stuff? Just mental health. I mean, cause I think, I mean, you're the expert, but I think you just don't go from like zero to suicidal, right? Right. I mean, in most cases. Right. So what are some 
identifiers where you can like maybe you know a family member you might see them every single day and it's a slow you know slow illness we'll call it that begins and then and then we get to that point where there's we're at a breaking point like mm-hmm. that's when you see them but like what are some things that like early on that you can identify like as, as a family member like say oh shit this is something we need to look out for so like 90% of the people we see are victims of some sort of trauma in the past it could be sexual assault it could be a traumatic divorce with the parents or custody dispute something physical abuse so being aware of that if you have a loved one that has gone through that just being aware of it because that trauma can be one of those things that if you don't deal with it it can sneak up on you later so I would say though if someone starts becoming withdrawn doesn't really want to hang out doesn't want to talk a lot if they start using some unhealthy coping skills like drinking using drugs becoming really sexually active a lot of self-harm can be a big predictor of if you will escalate it into suicide although just if people cut it doesn't necessarily mean they're doing it to end their life it's just an unhealthy coping skill but I think the pulling away from your loved ones and not wanting to do the normal things that used to make you happy so the lack of motivation the tiredness stuff like that is a big indicator that someone is kind of sinking down and needs some intervention for sure so what are some solutions to that first things first talking I can't stress enough how important I think talking is Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people like to talk though and that's how they end up by me I don't think a lot of people were taught how to talk and communicate their feelings effectively when they were kids talking figuring out coping skills that work for you and coping skills can be simple I usually tell clients that they are going to be things that bring you up when you're feeling down or like hobbies that you do in your free time those will be things that will help you when you're having your low times they can also be super simple like going for a walk getting a change of scenery journaling coloring exercising it's not rocket science like for mine I like to paint my nails and I like to knit and I talk to my sisters and my mom constantly and Yura when I'm having a rough time I think one of the questions I wanted to ask you I wanted to know what your guys's coping skills are because I think a lot of people don't even know they have them like when you're feeling low I know yours Yura I don't know if you know what it is oh absolutely I mention it every time sometimes I just like to be left alone Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not rocket science for me guys I'm a little bit more of a private person so for me going in my car and driving somewhere just for half an hour I usually able to get the bad thoughts out of my head I'm trying to think about something positive about good vacation we took about my kids being happy and music a lot of the times mm-hmm. all I need to do I just put my headphones on I put my favorite tunes on I like a lot of dancing music so that always brings me up and th- definitely drinking is not a good coping skill for me I tried it before the first drink is fine but the more you have the more depressed you're gonna get at the end of the day alcohol is not an upper it's an ultimate downer it's gonna bring you back or even worse to the spot where you were before that so preach so those might coping skills You also cook. Yes. I actually tell clients to do that a lot. If they're anxious, do something to keep their head and their hands busy. So cook a new recipe because then you have to concentrate on it. Well, next time you're anxious, let me know because you're an amazing cook. Yes, you are. Absolutely. And what works the best for me when I don't have kids and I get to cook, when I cook and put my headphones on, Mm -hmm. that where shit happens. Sure. Like good stuff. What do you do, Mont? It's changed over time. I think I've, you know, as you get older, I think you learn how to deal with it better. That's why I think, you know, like where Brad's at in his age, he's 20. 
25. At that age, I was very vulnerable and didn't know how to deal with a lot of emotions or feelings. You know, you, you're going through a huge life change at that time. You're done with college. You're out in the real world. You're, you're first learning how to pay bills. So like my coping mechanisms have changed dramatically from that age where a lot of it was go party, go have fun, do things like that. But at the end of the day, you can party all you want. You still, when you get back, you're lonely or, you know, you don't feel. So I think one thing that I've really gotten good at is, in, and it's the opposite of your, it works for me is just letting it out, talking to somebody. Music helps too. And also learning like that failure is okay mm -hmm. like I am completely like I embrace failing like almost at some I don't want to suck at something so I can learn and get better I've always had that that's just a natural thing uh, in all my sports and all my careers I've been voted most improved in every sport that I played I actually have awards up there to prove it but just knowing that like you can get better the next day and the next day and the next day and so I've learned to do that throughout life and that's like I've become okay with failure so I don't and I, and I don't care what people think of me anymore like I used to care a lot and I just like I don't I don't need to prove it to anybody else so it's like a it's a preventative shield I think that I have up now you know whatever happens I'm going to learn from it and it usually like bounces off me it's like the old I'm rubber you're glue type thing and it's actually really healthy it's called externalizing stuff so you're not blaming yourself for all these failures and that tends to keep people really healthy mentally yep. I'm like that too you are too but a lot of people I see internalize everything and they blame themselves for right. everything that's gone wrong in their lives and that's hard to get out of without ongoing therapy yeah. and talking to someone who can coach you through it. Well, once you realize, like, first of all, you're held accountable. At least I hold myself accountable to everything that I do. But I also know that I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. That allows me to have a failure and still succeed later on mm -hmm. and learn from that. And that's the big thing is everybody takes everything so personally. Everybody's worried about the trolls on social media or what people think of them. And once you can release that, I think that makes you really mentally strong and it allows you to look at all the other things that you're looking for in life whether that's passion or taking action on something you never wanted to do. It clears your head and allows you to be more focused on the things that really matter. Speaking of social media, I think it's, Gary and I were talking about this last night, that it's great to reach out like Brad did. I think it's great for that. But I also think Snapchat needs to die. <laughs> we have so many teenagers coming in who have like sent people snaps of them literally attempting suicide or cutting themselves and things like that. It's really terrible to deal with because those are things are there now. And I don't really know how Snapchat works. Does it all still disappear these days? I think you can have different settings or something. Where... Right. But it's become a pretty common occurrence. If we get a teenager in, you can pretty much count on that they've sent via social media a picture or something like that of how they've hurt themselves. So I think it's something that needs to be watched, especially here's, for parents. Here's a question for you, and I don't know, I mean, I haven't been in high school for 22 years now, but I don't feel like our school systems have evolved to today, right? We're still teaching shit from the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. History that's not, we know that's not true, but it's still in the history book. So it's just easier to teach the wrong thing than it is to adjust. But, and same thing with like math, like we can apply math to real life world situations, yet we still have people figuring out calculus when 99% of the kids that go through high school are never, ever going to use that. Mm -hmm. And yet we fail to teach them about financial education and things like that. But I think I don't hear a lot. There's I don't know that there's a class out there in high school where kids are have to take a social media class there or isn't. or how to deal. We used to have like tech ed, right? Like mm -hmm. we do wood shop and metal shop. And the trades are so important because they're applicable to the real world. We have a lot of classes that are, but we don't have like the things that are important in school. And I think if we had social media class, even if it's an elective in school, 
that they could go in and, hey, we're gonna learn how to utilize this to our advantage, and also we're gonna also learn what not to do. I, I think that's huge. I think part of the problem is the adults aren't as proficient in social media <laughs> as the kids are. Yeah, I mean, but we got teachers now that are 23, 24 years old. So we haven't, as a society, adapted to that. And I think to what your point is with Snapchat, to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram, to whatever, like Instagram had to start taking like the count off the yeah. off the likes because it's such a like, like oh my God, I got a million likes. And even you're an I are guilty of that when we look at how many people downloaded our show oh, and sure, yeah. you know how many likes we had on certain things and for us it's feedback we just want to know how many people are out there but like people like put that out there and they get depressed if they don't have enough yeah. stuff like that so I think there's a huge there needs to be a shift in our education at least in my opinion and obviously you're here but I think that's probably something that should be done like we demonize people for using social media which I don't think is right but I also feel like social media is a double-edged sword too oh, absolutely absolutely it could be good for you but it could go the wrong way and what I'm thinking this is my personal thoughts guys for somebody like me and mine or Olivia we're a little bit grown we did have experience on this life so for us social media is maybe a little bit different vehicle but for younger kids who didn't see much here in this life or still maybe not completely independent didn't get experience with adult life for them that social media can become almost like an enemy when in instead of asking for the positive attention or sharing your experience that you are not doing good, that you have anxiety, depression, they jump the gun and... Well, it can exacerbate it. It's their whole life. Right. You know. So where does... I mean, I think I know the answer to this. And you deal with teenagers all the time. I deal with teenagers on a different realm when I'm helping them when recruiting and social media is important. But like, I think the biggest issue that I'm seeing now is we still demonize kids, which kids haven't changed in 100,000 years, right? They're mm -hmm. all born, they learn from... from our generation who learned from that generation who learned from that generation. I think we need to like, and this is just my opinion and you might have a different one, but do you think parenting has gotten really lazy in that department where we just throw a tablet, we throw a phone, we throw some sort of screen in front of them and then, and then we go and do that? Do you think, I mean, obviously not all parents are that way, but. No, yes and no. And I think before I became a parent, I would have said yes, but we use the iPad when we need a break. I think what happens is parents are doing things a little bit of the easier route where their kid is on the phone all the time it's their lifeline to the outside world and then they don't have any follow-through or enough follow-through with giving them other things to do mm -hmm. when that phone is not an option I see that constantly kids come in their phone was taken away because they misbehaved and then they're in a crisis situation because of the lack of the phone so I don't think that parents have encouraged kids enough to cultivate other activities which is why like sports are great yeah sports yeah. music yeah. All the extracurricular Just things. anything. I often ask teenagers. I love teenagers. I like working with them. I hope to work with them in a school someday. But a lot of the teenagers I work with, I'll ask, but what else can you do if you don't have the phone? Nothing. What do you do all day? I sit in my room. What do you do in your room? Nothing. I just sit there. So you actually have to like provide them with a list of coping skills, which we have and we hand out and they're really easy. You know, it's the things I mentioned before, going for a walk, talking to people, journaling, coloring is a big one. And I think once you get somebody to start thinking outside of the phone, even just for a couple hours a day, it can help. They just have to willing to do it. It's hard though if all of your friends are on the phone. Yeah. Well, I had a conversation with, with one of my bosses a couple of weeks ago because again, we're dealing with teenagers. You're dealing with them in a different area than I am. On the sports side, I'm working. You're dealing with them obviously on a, in a crisis area. But one thing I've noticed from when I started 10 years ago working with the kids to now, we're already talking like almost a full decade difference. I think the one thing that kids haven't learned, and this is really to your point about coping, is kids now aren't equipped with problem solving skills. Absolutely. At least as much. 
They have access to everything we didn't have. You know, like they can go on, if you want to change the oil in your car and you, you don't have a parent that knows how to do that, you go to YouTube, it'll tell you step yeah. by step on how to do that. You can Google anything you want. You can get all the information you need right there, right at your fingertips. But I just don't think they learn how to problem solve in a way that's like, oh my God. So that, that little tiny thing that we learned growing up to be like, like our parents, you know, we, all, we always see the old timers where they talk about, I've seen a meme on there where they talk about the carousel at, at playgrounds where they used to uh -huh. whip us off and, yeah. you know, we'd go like 200 miles an hour around the, around the carousel and one of us would get flown off and we yeah. land in the grass and, you know, we'd cry or get dirty or scratched up. And our parents were like, whatever. <laughs> yep. Like he'll figure it out. Like how many times have your parents ever said you'll figure it out? Yeah. And now the parents figure it all out for the kids because they don't want their kids to have a breakdown or whatever. Right. So they're not learning how to deal with it. You see it even with people with infants and kids. And I've watched all my friends, you know, who've had kids, and it's like the second the kid cries, run in the room. Oh my god. Yeah. They're crying. Let them cry it out. Who cares? Like right. you'll figure it out. Babies have been crying for millions of years, right? Truth. <laughs> so like that's how I feel. Like the generations are different is kids have access to all the resources they're going to be better off probably as a whole than mm -hmm. our generation but also at the same time i'm really concerned if there's like some doomsday thing like a satellite falls and we don't have internet for like two weeks it's exactly gonna be like uh -oh, anarchy yeah. and maybe i'll be that way too i don't know we'll get to talk to all the listeners <laughs> so okay so now we're we've we've gotten off on little tangents here which is fun but like we talked about the tips and tricks coping skills talking to families for you livy how do you take in so much negativity like every day you have to deal with this how do you get through just waking up the next day and being able to pull your head off the pillow and go to work because i can imagine like that has to add up at times it used to more but talking to yura when i come home i obviously don't talk about specifics i'm not allowed to but having somebody consistent to come home and talk to usually i come home and i sit in the kitchen while he cooks a meal for both of us which is amazing but i also i've been really i've always been really good at letting stuff roll off me i know a lot of the time i am simply a punching bag for someone who's in a sure. terrible situation i know it's not about me also having our girls helps a lot to kind of put stuff in perspective and it really makes me appreciative that I have a good healthy light bright home life that gets me through and my coworkers too are fantastic they're like family so you have a rough case you can go in and you can hash it out and then just kind of brush it off you and I think the people that have lasted the longest at the crisis center are the ones that are able to do that I think some people do take it home in the mental health field and that's where then they need to reach out to a counselor themselves which is nothing wrong with that at all very healthy well, absolutely. Um, I could only imagine it's such a high-stress job, so you wouldn't know until you start there. Well, the sad thing is things kind of normalize. Yeah. You know, I think and I, I was I don't ask like... you, do you feel like numb now sometimes? Kind of. Like... Yeah, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I think it's probably a good thing like you healthy like i think you become less empathetic to a point where you're like well that's all you that's all you got and this last person that just came in was you know whatever yep. so i think that's got to be the hard part is maintaining empathy at the same time you've seen it now probably you've seen almost every single yeah. scenario or situation so but i think that's important i see i mean obviously again different ends of the spectrum i see it in my job all the time where i used to get so excited when a kid would like commit to college and i'm still excited but it's like whole home i've had like three thousand kids commit the college yeah. now. It's expected versus versus yep. like the first time. It's always better the first time, right? But They have things in the mental health field. There's two terms. There's secondary trauma, which is when the work you do traumatizes you. And then there's empathy burnout, which is exactly what you're talking about. But then we have trainings that we go to and activities that we do to try and prevent those things from happening. I don't know. Kids are my soft spot. I take those things home with me, especially the littles. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody does. When you talk to yeah. medical workers, you talk to police officers, you talk to 
to anybody in that situation, war vets coming back. They're all, everybody's the same with kids. I mean, yep. that's our lives, right? Our kids, doesn't matter if they're our own or that's the future. Right. Man, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but if you're so good in your job and you were not sure when you started it, but now you got so efficient, pushes you to the limit and you're doing so great. So it probably tells me you're in the right field. I know, right? How weird. <laughs> Who knew? So we talked about tips and tricks and all of this stuff. So there are a lot of things help people with their little anxiety. What do you guys do when somebody is too sick or too mentally ill? Do you have cases like that? I'm pretty sure. We worded a little bit differently okay not too mentally ill if like the normal coping techniques aren't working you know the deep breathing and all of that stuff we say get connected to an outpatient therapist somebody you can see on a regular basis hopefully once a week some places do twice a month and then medication or if it's a crisis situation where you can't stay safe where you think you're gonna hurt yourself or somebody else then we can arrange placement one of the psych hospitals for a few days and then what happens there is you get put on medications and you meet with a psychiatrist and they you get intensive therapy throughout your several days stay and then they hope that once you're discharged you have the tools you need to prevent you from getting to that crisis situation again for one more question for you for a lot of people you suggested the therapist but therapists be clear or cost a lot of money not everybody has this amount of resources so what would you suggest if you need a therapist well therapist is covered by almost all insurance state insurance covers it all of that but you can go to a counseling agency that has interns who are pretty much the exact same as therapists they just haven't gotten their certification yet to get that you need to be meeting with people for a certain amount of hours so you can go there and usually get sliding scale or free services or you can come to the crisis center and we are free we just don't do ongoing oh okay which you would obviously advise them on how to go yeah, we give a list, we give connections, things like that. Yeah, there you go. Cool. All right, so enough of, uh, we're going to we're gonna move on. This topic was awesome. I think it was very valuable. We covered a lot of really good stuff, but we're going to change things up a little bit. Livy, you were uh, one of them that gave us feedback on one of the early segments that we did was Q&A, but Q&A from asking questions from the guest side. So we're going to bring that back and let you have some fun and asking us some secrets. Okay, well, so one of them I want to know is, I want to know the best parts of your 2019. And I knew you guys are going to be silent for a minute while you think. Yeah, yeah I mean, in a second. 2019 was pretty awesome altogether. I don't have many complaints. Wow, well, good answer, Yuri. Great, Yura. <laughs> She's Mine said, your favorite. So I have a couple while you guys think. One of them for sure was your birthday party yeah, a few weeks awesome. ago. That was amazing. Plus, I really liked my outfit that night. Our trip to Wisconsin Dells, just the two of us, that was great. Finding out my sister was pregnant was awesome. Wow, pretty cool milestone. I've been thinking think, about this. Yeah. Well, one of my favorites was starting this. Like, Absolutely, yes. Like I, like, I remember where we were when we both, like, we were sitting on my dock out back, and we were just talking about the next phase of marketing for me because Yura had unbelievably just volunteered to help me uh, as, a, as a marketing intern for my real estate and he's been kicking ass at that then we we're like what's next and then we both like simultaneously said podcast and then we we're gonna do it like monty and friends and something like that and i'm like no no i want to have him on here as a full full partner he's earned it let's do this and so that's how we started take action so i think that was definitely one of my favorite moments obviously every flip house i've sold was pretty awesome that was fun uh, my birthday party was absolutely incredible that one that one got me a little choked up with all the people that came that was pretty cool raising all the money for grit that was the highlight of the year for me i think was you know raising that sixteen hundred dollars to the grit program so those are my highlights well for me i always like a good vacation so the good vacation is almost the highlight of a year for me then 
Which one? The last one, the Mexico. We vacation. went on a couple. Oh yeah, Mexico. We went or to Mexico. Florida. We, we went to Florida. Florida was really, really good. I had a lot of yeah. Florida was there. good. You know what? I was super jacked about Monty's summer party because for the last few years <laughs> we you did have fun. We here. either had kids or we had to work, and this year I only worked lunch. Not you... like I don't like my kids, but kids were at grandparents' place, so adults got to have a little bit more fun than usual. You had more fun. Yeah, he definitely had fun. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought you have fun. But for those listening, it sounds like I'm pretty good at throwing parties. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> yep, so if our podcast is going to fail someday or the nuclear blast is going to come in when the internet is gone, so we'll just keep doing parties. Yeah, hey. Call, call Monty. <laughs> yeah, hashtag call Monty, that's for sure. All the other, my other favorite moment is I went to Canada for a week with my dad. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realize, like, I mean, I didn't know how it was going to go. I was nervous about that. My dad and I don't hang out a ton. Like, you know, we don't have sleepovers or anything like <laughs> that, like, when I was a little kid. But it was great. Spent a whole week. We didn't argue. Caught my first, like, big muskie, which was pretty awesome. And that was cool, too. What else you got for us? Well, I did miss a part of Sorry, oh. guys. Probably, besides my vacation and stuff, like, the serious part I was super excited about, finding out that Monty wants for me to be on his real estate team. So that was really good news for me. For many years, I really like what I'm doing. I have a very fun job, but sometimes it's time to move on. And if I was thinking I could be a car salesman or a good realtor one day. So when Monty broke the news that he wants to do our real estate team one day, and he pushed me forward to get an exam that's probably the best highlight of 2019. Damn, dude. Well, that's awesome. We are terrible. None of our highlights of 2019 featured our girls. Well, you get them every day. That's your... That's true. We are great parents, guys. Not true. <laughs> we are. I mean, no parent... Like, honestly, like, what parents talk about their child's accomplishments before they're the age of 10? That's true. Like, you're raising them. They're still alive. Like, that... And they're they great are. kids, so... They are really great kids. Like, you guys are doing a good job, but you get that highlight every day. We have such a weird schedule, so one of us with kids all the time, so we don't have much daycare. I would personally say that, not to rub in anybody's face, I think we're doing really good job with our kids. We are, because when Violet got her report card, her kindergarten report card, said she's very kind and empathetic, and I was like, I'm done. My job is done. I feel great. I don't really care about anything else, like academics, whatever. She's five, but that she's nice and kind. I'm really proud of that for us. You should be. Yeah. That's the most important part is kindness. Like, yeah, they're both too many people put, put uh, too much weight on GPAs instead of teaching kids life skills. Right? They have homework in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. Like yes. what kind like okay, what kind of what kind of homework? Writing, numbers and stuff. It's just it's and it's hard to get her to do it because she's done by the end of the day. Yeah. So it's a lot of for a little kid for a five year old to be at school from eight thirty to three thirty. Some days she comes out like a zombie. I'm, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kidding you that the door opens and she's like <laughs> So by the time you get home you feed them dinner they do not have well think about how you guys are when you're done with work yeah right? yeah for sure like you just like there's got to be times Olivia where you just come home and like yeah like, at, like every shift for real <laughs> 
<laughs> you're done. Yep. You're mentally drained because well, you're always thinking and you're doing things. And that's yeah. what it is to a kindergartner. It's just their brains haven't developed to make it you right. know, something that they remember yet. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't worry about the 4.0. Just make sure your kids are nice and they're not bullying kids at school. You're fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you get it good there. All right, what's next? What What's the next question? This is kind of deep. Uh-oh. So, I know you don't have kids, but let's say you did hypothetically down the road. What is a trait that you hope to pass on to your kids? Well, I think what you just said. Empathy, kindness. Um, like a trait that you have. Oh. Okay. I'm not saying that you don't have that. No, no, no. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. Foot yeah, and don't mouth. edit that one out. Let's leave that in there. That's oh, awesome. Okay. No, um, for me, I think just never quitting. Yeah. Like being genuine and never quitting. I think those are the two traits that you I You are hope, very genuine. Yeah, I hope my kids would have. And for my kids, I want them to be like me, like full of energy and always happy and smiling. I'm a big kid, so sometimes it's very fun for me when my kids are trying to outsmart me or be more silly. So that's like because, a, that's like because a it's a game to you. You like yeah, train is. them how to play the game, and then when they play it, you have to play it better. Yep. A lot of the times, they just do it by themselves now. So well, they... yeah, because you train them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you te- you've been teaching. I remember when Violet was like two years old and you're ne- she's already in negotiations with you on how she's going to get out of naps yes she was this is true <laughs> she's like well if you just get me some some honey milk then i'll go to sleep and then you'd be like no i already gave you honey milk and she's like but i want more if you give me more i'll go to sleep and i'm like oh my god this kid is amazing yeah she'll a miniature be, she'll be a great businessman someday. yeah right <laughs> she will those are all the questions i had oh well that's okay. good those are good ones well thank you very much livy actually listened every single of our podcast and thank she you. brought the q a segment back she was not happy for the last few episodes yeah. she was like, where's my segment i demand it right now so we burn it back we're gonna roll with it guys yeah it was a good episode yeah well we're not done yet we got one more we got one oh, more absolutely. thing because we Libby, you've talked you kind of hinted during the conversation that you want to be working with teenagers still yeah like what's your what's your what's your plan of action i don't know i was talking with Yura about this i like my job and i'm comfortable in it and so ideally i would love to work in a school as a school counselor mm-hmm. down the road i have at least two more years in my job. I'm qualified for the public service loan forgiveness program. So I have about two years left on that. And then I don't know, I might stay where I'm at. I really like the schedule because we don't have to use daycare and we're home a lot with the Mm -hmm. girls, which is important to me. Otherwise, looking into some sort of school-based job down the road, doing that kind of stuff. Well, kids will be in school then too. So it'll be a little bit easier for you guys to have some more flexibility. Would you still say that the high school counselor is your dream job? Yeah, but now I'm more flexible. I would do any age group. I might start substitute teaching when Maya is in school to get my foot in the door so I can start to know more people. Because I work in the schools a lot now anyways, but getting to know more people would be great. Maybe, maybe we could start a pilot program and you could be like the social media instructor. That'd be great. I'd love that. Because then you could tie it in with your background. Yeah, I could. And you could see all the, the flaws. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you're you're somewhat skilled at social media. So I am. I do love the social medias. <laughs> so yeah, if you can put somebody in the right direction on how to use social media, it will yeah. be wonderful because we discussed this before. Social media is great, but Until it's it not. could be your greatest enemy yeah. some days. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's everybody. It's the same thing. Double-edged sword. This is the uh, first episode, 2020. I think it was awesome. 
Livy, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I had fun. That was good. That was really good. A lot of good stuff. We got a couple of things coming up. We actually have a playwright coming on in the, in the next week or two. We got to figure out scheduling. We also potentially have a paranormal investigator coming on as well. I'm stoked about that. And then we're going to start doing some video, more video and working you know, better as much as we've been talking about the negatives towards social media. We obviously love our social media followings and feedback. And we got some amazing feedback today from, from somebody down in Texas, which was great. Just excited about that. And Gira, anything you want to add? Yep. Thank you for all who listened to us season one. Welcome to season two, guys. We're going to keep this rolling. We're going to push you to take action, bring in interesting guests. We're going to cover great topics. We are in the works, like Monty said. We're going to try to make cool videos or something entertaining. And a lot of the times, you know, you can't be serious 24-7. You need the to use, are always for. Yeah, you need to use some humor. You need to get yourself out of your everyday problems and just relax. We gonna keep developing our season two. We are still waiting on Bang Energy Drinks <laughs> to be our sponsor or endorse us because sometimes Bang will get us for this podcast. So we would love to endorse your product. <laughs> Please I think we're doing a good job. Thing. They don't even need to endorse us. We're already doing a good job for them. <laughs> yeah, too bad we not. You still have to pay for a bang, though. Yeah, so. that's true. I mean, the one dollar and seventy-five cents that I spend per bang—that's what I look at now—is like cost per <laughs> bang. Some gas stations are like three dollars. I can get three for six at the local gas station. If I go to Woodman's, I get it for one seventy-five. Got it on the internet at one fifty a can. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, a banger. So you're almost like a slick dealer. It's like me. I'm like you need a product you call your i'll find you yeah that's true one, so yeah <laughs> so mine is getting there so hey i'm trying to learn a new skill <laughs> oh thank you guys that was a season two episode one opener in the meantime happy new years guys have fun drink responsibly take next day off if you can think positive we're here for you to push you along the way in the meantime you can find us on social media on facebook at take action podcast my we have the same name on instagram take action podcast my linkedin it's work in progress so that's our goal for 2020 yeah, same same with youtube we we're gonna get that thing rolling really shortly and mind can you tell our listeners where they can find our episodes? Yeah, you can find them on Captivate. That's Yuri's favorite. You get a special weather report in the beginning of each podcast on there, or all of them. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Public Radio, pretty much anywhere there's a podcast out there, uh, we're there. So just got to, you know, sometimes dig and search a little bit more. But obviously, if you're listening, you found us. So yeah, and I think that's it, man. Wrapping up episode one of season two excited about 2020 and everybody have a great day yeah happy new years everyone Doo -doo -doo -doo. boom